I'm Russell Howard, and this is Wonderbox. My guest this week is an actor, activist, podcaster, presenter, TV judge. She's probably most well-known for playing Tahani in the hit sitcom The Good Place, and she's used her social media profile to improve the world and get shit done. This is Jamila Jamil's Wonderbox. So I'm here with a fantastic Jamila Jamil. I'm excited to find out what's in your wonder box. That's so innuendous. Yeah, I can't is. take it. Oh, is innuendous a word? I don't know, it but should I, be. it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> innuendous is a great... My mum's very <laughs> A great good fake word. <laughs> but my mum's very good at that, of like sort of my mum speaks like the BFG, where words just get put together. Oh, so sure. So twitcher booths. So a twitcher booth is the buttons <laughs> the, the, the twitcher booth but that kind of but it feels you, right you say it with booth. enough authority that other people take it on like I have a habit of this where I am a malapropism queen mm-hmm. and because I think the combination of being authoritative when I speak and also a bit famous means that no one's ever picked me up on how they're wrong and also they question themselves <laughs> they think they've had it wrong their whole lives yeah. because of the poison of celebrity so I'll be like oh I shouldn't kick a gift horse in the mouth it's don't look a gift horse in the mouth and mm. I had no idea and I said it until I was 34 wow why, why would you kick a gift horse in the mouth <laughs> why would you ever who can get their leg up there and I said that but, maybe a million times you, before my boyfriend finally was like you sound stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but but also, why would you look at, you know... Well, it's because you're checking its teeth, sure, I think, I, to see I, if it's good enough. I get that, but it's kicking and looking. It's it's still a peculiar thing to do. Yeah, well, none it, of it's OK. But but it's it's when you... These phrases we take for granted. One of my Boot best to a friends. goose, there's oh, another one. Strong. One of my best friends thought it was um, back of the neck. Oh, back of the neck. It's, it's... So she just presumes she doesn't watch football. She yeah. presumes someone's managed to get a goal yeah. using just the back of their neck. <laughs> it's my favourite one. It's so good. But it, it's also that thing of like, if there were a highlights reel yeah. of the moment that people realise they've been saying the word wrong... Oh. That it would be one of the greats if there is a god. That would be my in memoriam at the Baftas. <laughs> Not that they would ever cover yeah. my death on the Baftas, but like that would be mine of just every thousandth time I found out that and, I've been saying it it's wrong. Just, it's just the close up of you and just yeah. the eyes twitching slightly. Oh my god. Um, anyway, it's nice to be home where people do actually understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you miss London? Are you, are you from London? Desperately, yeah. Right, yeah. okay. I'm yeah. from London. I was raised a bit in Spain. Um, bit in Pakistan, but most of my life has been in London and I left at 28 and I yearn for England all mm. of the time. And But do you have like a, a world out there that you'd miss? Do you have like kind of friends? Have all you my mates of... there are my English mates who I've forced to move over with me and move into my house. Okay, commune. Yeah. Okay. Cult. Cult, commune. <laughs> Cult yeah. slash commune. That... Who's to say? How about a live reality show where we, the audience, have to figure out whether or not you're a cult leader. <laughs> and then you just hang out with your mates <laughs> and awake. Imagine that. Imagine if you if you convince a network to do a show where it was just you and your mates hanging out and you're hoodwinking the world into thinking that something malevolent's going on, but it's just you. Just me around. hanging out with my mates. Yeah. But who, but, and who are your crew? Are we talking actors, my comedians? Crew, no, 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 no. Uh, they're mostly musicians. Uh, oh, really? They're boys who I've known since I was 19. And unbelievably, my very secure boyfriend of nine years let them move in with us. 
So you all living to- together? Yeah. yeah, yeah, big happily family. Okay. Big happily family. Happily family works. Well, that's happening now. That bit, that's that is unusual. Back of the neck. But, it, but that is unusual, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. how? It's really strange because I'm almost forty. Yeah. But I love it so much, and I could not recommend it enough. And we're not all shagging each other. No, I wasn't uh, implying. No, no. Just but some people could think that I am in LA. Yeah. So I'm only shagging my boyfriend, but the other two are there for both of us to have a sort of like emotional support because I think spousal living is great but also slightly insane because you become more and more insular and then you stop really hanging out with your mates. And then also one person can't fulfil every part of your brain all of the time. Sometimes he wants to play video games and I want to do something else. I want to watch a movie. And it's annoying to feel this like obligation to have to always bend to someone else's whim when there's someone else in the house who you could fuck off and do that with anyway. Do they know that they're um, being uh, used? Yeah, yeah. Do they know? Uh, yeah, they, totally. They feel a bit like um, sort of Tamagotchis. Yeah, but they're there for like, our pleasure. Yeah. Or, no, but it is fun though. It is fun. Like it's like we have like movie nights and we play categories or bananagrams together. It stopped us from developing and aging. I would say in probably negative ways because we have no sense of our age or responsibility. But it's so fun. It's just made my whole life feel like uni. Like, it's just nothing feels serious. Yeah. And there's always a support system. There's always someone to tell you just before you walk out the door to a red carpet event where everyone's going to kiss your ass. you look like shit, which is very humbling yeah. and grounding. <laughs> but I, I think, who was the... Heath Ledger used to have that, didn't he? I think in LA, it was like an open house. So yeah. loads of Aussie actors would kind of migrate to Heath Ledger's place and sometimes he'd be there sometimes not when we're, we're supposed like... to be in villages do you know what I mean and like, yeah. LA is so so bad for that because like you just live in your house and you have to drive to someone else's house there's no pedestrian culture so you don't bump into people I've yeah. bumped into seven people on my way here today from Soho like I, you don't get that so it's like you kind of have to put them in your house and yeah. not let them leave we're talking <laughs> and chain them talking of um, to the radiator putting things in houses what is the first thing in the box Oh, first thing in the box. You know what? Let's as we're on flatmates anyway. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about coffee. Okay. Coffee's going in the box because coffee reminds me of all of the favourite moments of my life. Because morning time with James is really sacred to the point where if I have to work at four a.m. for filming. He'll get up at 3 a.m. to make sure that we have that coffee together. Oh, Jesus Christ. Which is... What a prick. I know. I your mean, your just, wife is going to be mean, really why, pissed with you now. Just, <laughs> I mean, what a perfect toss pot. And Does no, he do, I do that? The, yeah, but I do the same. I do the same. Oh, I, will wake up at any, I will wake up at any time to My make sure that Sam's I get that like coffee that. with him. Just, it's just like, it's our favourite time. Like We're completely... We're completely obsessed with each other. We're best friends. And it's unbelievable. Nine years in Hollywood when everyone else is so fit around us. Yeah. It's a hundred years. Yeah. Like we've whatever the next one after Diamond Jubilee is, I feel like we've done that. <laughs> because there's sexy people everywhere yeah. and we've managed to not shag any of them. Yeah. Only each other. It's probably because you're tired. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're getting up at three in the morning. <laughs> insomnia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so coffee time is really sacred. Who it's makes where, it? Uh, what's the uh, what's the pattern? He makes it because I make breakfast. 
Okay. So I feel like that's what, he's actually got the better deal, but his is earlier, so uh-huh. a bit shit in that regard. Um, but we don't get the dogs up. Like the dogs like sleep in their bed until late. They're like teenagers. They okay. sleep in until really late. So it's normally him and me, but sometimes if they're up early enough, the boys will get up and come and jump into our bed and we will all share a giant donut or cookie and drink coffee so together. The, are the boys the dogs? The boys are not the dogs. The boys are the, the men, the grown adult <laughs> men who live in my house. Wow. Because so we're all, all best get... friends, yeah. I mean... So sometimes we'll all get in together and because we have a big old bed and they jump in and then we all sit and gossip half asleep and share a giant cookie or wow. um, or donut. This is, yeah, like, it really it feels... It is like a sitcom. But it, it's got an, a really nice sort of perpetual gap year feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I've, I've, I've not learned anything in this life. <laughs> no, but that's... <laughs> but what you've learned is that there's no rules. There are no rules. And, and you know, like, I don't want to have children. And so there's no reason for me to grow up, really. Yeah. Like, I, I'm having so much fun with them. And I love cooking with them. And, and when one leaves, another... Comes in and fills the room, and so it's just this feeling of like family and chosen family and community, and it's just amazing and so fun. Life is so much more fun for all of us having each other together. Yeah, and I, I don't really ever want to live without other people. I obviously feel like when it's just me and James, and we go off on holiday for a month or two together, we have the best time. But. Yeah. There's just something about community that human beings are lacking. This individualism culture, I think, is really dangerous. Yeah, but well, I think there's even a th- there's been sort of studies into sort of multi generational living that mm. makes you live longer. Isn't that right, Dan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is so, in living with your family? Li- w- oh no, if, fuck that. But, doesn't matter of family, but right, old people, okay. y- young children keep old people going. Mm. Yeah. Also, they have a fantastic time together because their faculties and interests and like capacity for movement are relatively the same. <laughs> Absolutely. At a certain point, you yeah, know what sure. I mean. When you're geriatric and you're a baby, it's just like everything's slow. Yeah, colouring in. Yeah. Same thing. Simple conversations, repetitive, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so to go back to this, um, this kind of. Do you ever remember the show Why Don't You? No. <laughs> it was like some kids. I think they lived on a barge. Um, oh, wow. It feels a bit like your life. What I'm curious about, so you get up at three in the morning, get before, but you're having this sort of morning we coffee. We have our morning coffee and we call it ceremony because it is a way of making sure that we recognise the gravitas of the importance of that time together because that's where we just like are fused for the day because we go off and we live such separate lives yeah. and we go on tour and all this other sh- and so much shit happens during the day and all this nonsense and chaos and distraction and it's just no phones, it's just us chatting, laughing, uh, gossiping and just being very, very like sort of vulnerable and silly with each other in the mm. morning. And I think it's genuinely like that it is the happiest time of my life. There is no award I've ever won. There is no holiday I've ever been on. There is there's no experience, no birthday party I've ever had that could ever compare to any single morning coffee I've had with my boyfriend wow. and my mates. Do, do they have partners themselves? Uh, on and off. Would there come a stage where their partners would be invited to the bed? The partners Ooh. would have to be very funny. Right. So that's the that's the problem. So yes, like one of them, their girlfriend, uh, they've actually broken up and she's still living with us now. Wow. Because they get on great and she's amazing. So she's hilarious, so she's allowed to stay. But I'm not having some <laughs> boring twat in my house. Right. Then they have to move out and get their own place yeah. if that's what they've chosen I don't want to wake up to that. They can't no, get course. in my bed. No, no, no. That's weird. That first time yeah. that you 
invited them into the bed. I'm trying to think from that point of view. Oh, I didn't invite them into the bed. They came and just opened the door and came in and jumped on the bed with coffee. Oh, okay. Which is very messy. Yeah, but jumping on the bed is different to getting under the covers. Yeah, they're on the bed. We're but, under the covers. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. So they're like dogs. Yeah, because otherwise then it is a bit fucky, isn't it? But that's what I mean. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's... <laughs> but, yeah. on the, but it's... So they're just led... They're led sort but, of like diagonally. Yeah, they're sort of facing us and yeah. then we're facing them. Right. So it's us two and them two. Yep. And um, we let them eat out of little bottle. No, <laughs> <laughs> we give them a bone. That sounds wrong as well. Uh, it's but, yeah. very sweet though. But but, but it is funny but how much it perplexes unusual. people. But it's actually just such a lovely way to live. And there are more and more of these articles. I don't know if you've been seeing them online about like sort of people in their fifties, like eight friends in their 50s go and buy like a big house together and live together and their like mental health has massively improved and they're really happy there was I think like something like 10 to 15 women in Asia who decided that they were done with men and they just wanted to grow in this kind of like they don't believe in the concept of the spinster they just don't want the problem of men so yes. they've all moved in together and they're fucking living it up yeah. I have never seen happier women now this is not an attack on men it's just these women were like, well, I don't want... There, there is no spinster growing old alone with cats if you've got other women. Mm -hmm. and I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see more... Also, we're in a cost of living crisis. It's way cheaper for us all to live together. Mm. Take some of the stress off of, like, dealing with those kind of bills on your own. It's great. The only thing I... That, like, so you... There's going to be great houses with eight women and then there's going to be, like... Well, it's going to be Hunger Games and other houses. And there's going to be yeah. like loose, loose women houses. Yeah, yeah. That are just a bit. Listen, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. But I'd known these boys for 18 years. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like we know, we know that we get along. And do you have like a particular coffee? Are you kind of a, are you aficionados? No, I'm not a wanker. I mean, I would drink Nescafe Gold if yeah, I could. I don't uh, mind but about that. he is more profound than I am in that way so we get like fresh coffee beans and we mm. have a little coffee machine mm. and we we steam the oat milk and we do it properly so you say you've been going out for nine got years got to have oat milk in America because they are poisoning the cows well I tell you what's nuts as well is when I was there 95% of the drinking water in America has got arsenic lead and uranium in it oh, speaking of arse um, I also found out that in California Bill Gates has like created some technology where they're crushing poo to get drinking water out of it because they're in such a bad drought. Wow. Now, that is not the official science. Yeah. But it is essentially what they're doing is yeah. they're like, sewage just isn't enough water. We need to really get into the faecal matter to draw every last drop out. Wow. Which is why I'd like to leave. Yes. yes. <laughs> but, and, and also, like, it's... I know there's rat poison in the English water, but I take that over arse and arsenic but the it's just the image of bill gates crushing poo like the pr filthy bastard but the 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 campaign they're gonna have to do to make that desirable i know it got is... codified it got codified into law it just happened sneaky sneaky just like just popped in so that's the drinking water now also like what are we showering in now i'm so happy to be home yeah <laughs> i've loved america it's been very good to me but i'm not but as like, soon as but I didn't Gates, work this hard my no. whole life to shout to bathe in poo, yeah. you know. But and, and there's for, a soundbite of all the people to be squeezing turds. Gates is kind of up there in terms of like you, you can, can see it. Yeah, can't I can you? really count like some really sort can of see like. It. You know that um, raspberry, strawberry, and I think vanilla flavouring comes from a gland next to a beaver's asshole. 
I didn't know that. No, that's why when you eat something that's like those flavours or drink something, you it has to say vegan. So then you know it's actually from the fruit. Because otherwise, if it doesn't say vegan, it is from... You can Google this, whoever's listening to this. This is real. But I'm like, who found that out? Yeah, that what is... were you doing with a beaver's asshole? Yeah. That you found out that... Mmm, that tastes like strawberry. That is an unbelievably fortunate pervert, isn't it? Yeah. And also the courage that that pervert has had to show. Also that poor beaver. Well, yeah, there's a lot going on. Let's break it down bit by bit. Maybe it was fun. Yeah, I've never had my arsehole eaten out by another species. Right, same. But... And it, who's to you know, we could who's we to could, know what flavors in we, there? We could have pineapple oh lurking God. in both. But it's that thing of it must be <laughs> presuming that weird moment for the, the beavers just trying to build a, a yeah. dam, whatever, and then you know some guy lumbers. I'm going to assume it's a guy. Let's be honest. Oh, some, it's, it's <laughs> some, a man. Some guy sort of like lumbers over. <laughs> Bloody hell, that's actually all right. Yeah. And then the beaver stays there, and then the guy has to go and show the courage to speak to somebody else and say, listen, if you come down to the lake with me, mm-hmm. I will give you a taste sensation the like of which you've never seen. <laughs> and then they get there and the beaver's like, Jesus, what the fuck is happening? I know. And then they capture it again and and sort of like, you know, lick it. And then both of them have I've really to go- taken us down a weird road, haven't but, I? No, no, no. But they have, <laughs> they have to then have a conversation yeah. with somebody... Like I mean, that is a Dragons Den episode. Like the, that's the one I want to watch. World, the world is waiting. I'd watch that show. Yeah. Just, just this beaver stood there. So it's got a haunted-looking beaver. <laughs> Honestly, I have ruined so many people's like Calippos or whatever, like yeah. because I've told them this fact. I mean, maybe Calippos vegan. I have no idea, but like, so, so it's strawberry, strawberry, raspberry, and potentially vanilla. Like I'm not. It now makes me feel physically ill. No, it doesn't. Oh, like it makes me that's think. Strange. Hungry. <laughs> No, yeah. it makes me think what other flavours are lurking. In your arsehole? Not in mine, okay. but like a penguin's ass. Yeah. I imagine is going to... Minty. It's going to be fresh. Yeah. Meerkat. Probably. <laughs> but there's probably something there. I think it's bitter, <laughs> whatever's in there. It's so brilliant stuff like that, though, because yeah. it's when you find out a piece there's of There's only one way for us to find out, Russell. Well, Let's just go on a little yeah. rimming vacation together exactly. <laughs> a bestiality yeah. rimming nobody is ever going to com- compete with the intellectual prowess that Attenborough's got yeah but what Attenborough's never been willing to do no because you're not brave no no he's not brave Jesus. he's intelligent oh my life it's like skittles in this critter shitter <laughs> taste the rainbow <laughs> <laughs> so this is a very interesting start to this because you're unconventional clearly <laughs> so, but I thought it was going to be coffee, and you know, you were you were going to chat about the beans and whatnot. But it no, isn't that clearly. No. It's friendship. So the first thing yeah. is about friendship. Yeah, it's a huge priority in life. More and more so as I'm getting older. Like more and more so as I have, um, not to sound like a fucking cunt, but like as I have reached beyond the goals I ever expected for myself, success-wise, I have just recognised more and more how lucky I am but how empty a pursuit they are and it's one of those things you can't really download into someone's brain mm. you just everyone looks so happy uh, in the pictures so you think oh I'll be that happy and that'll fix my problems yeah. it's such a cliche but then you get there and you're in the room and you're winning the awards and you're in the critically acclaimed things and then you're like oh I just really miss my friends and my mate's going through a divorce and I'm not there or they're having mm. a baby and they're struggling like I just 
I, I don't know. I just like I've had a big old wake up call. I think since COVID, I think a lot of people did, where they were like, "What is this? Why are we in this rat race?" I feel like mm. I feel like I've just become much more cognizant of how much time we have left and how I want to spend it and what actually is going to fulfil me. And none of it involves, oh, not none of it, but very little of it involves industry or like fame or anything like that. I'm just really obsessed now with having as many lols as I can. Does that make me sound like I'm, I'm not on mushrooms? No, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, but um, ayahuasca, have you done that? No, 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 I didn't. Uh, and... I'm terrified of vomiting. Yeah. I tried to be a bulimic when I was 15, so I did all the binging and then I could never purge it. Right. And so I gained a lot of weight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which, but, is, which is, I don't mean that intentively, that's just what happened. But that's why, <laughs> but that's why I was asking. It was like, yeah. because it feels like a lot of the people that you speak like you're speaking, right. that I know, they've been awakened through psychedelics. No, I just got awakened through COVID. Right. A lot of people did. They just like packed in their life, you know, in the city and then mm. moved out to the countryside and started like not growing chickens necessarily, but raising chickens and started living simpler lives and reclaiming their existence. When I go to Italy and like everyone's just so chill and they're it's happy and they're like shagging all the time and you're like, so many of my mates in England and the US are like, I don't have time to date. And it's like, what have we done mm. that we've made people think it's normal? to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week yeah. so that they can live in this great city. And it is a great city. But I've suddenly just gone like, what the fuck are we all doing? Yeah. Like there is a, another way to live where we have time for coffee in the morning with friends, where we have time for like living, having pleasure on the go as a luxury. And I say this from a huge position of privilege. I'm well aware of that. But I've been hustling since I was 14. Mm. And I feel like I've missed a lot of my life. It's all there in like Getty images of me doing lots of exciting things. But I missed a lot of time with my mates. And I, you know, I think maybe it's like something to do with getting towards 40 as well. That I'm just like, fuck, I really want to embrace this. Mm. And so I feel the most fulfilled and happy and present that I've ever, and the most authentic that I've ever been. And it and it starts with the the ceremony of the coffee. No, coffee but I, I, and cake. I, yeah, coffee, cake, and then you you're good to go. And if if nothing else, you've had that little kind of tick for yourself to kind of go. Well, you just start the day with immediate like dopamine. Yeah. Obviously, like any kind of glucose specialist would be like, that's the worst possible way to start your day. It's like <laughs> well, cake and coffee. <laughs> Nothing's going to motivate me to get up other than coffee, cake, and laughter. Yeah. Why would I? Mm-hmm. Why would I enter this shithole world like without the best possible start to the day? It's a party every morning. What and it's a donut for breakfast? Yeah, every day. Wow. Donut or a giant cookie. Yeah. Or a cake. Bloody hell. Yeah, it's great. So what is your what's your ideal cake? It's I'm... actually a crosstown donut. Okay. In fact, I've just brought in three here. Oh, yeah. None of them are for you. <laughs> and I've just realised <laughs> I should have brought you one. I'm no, such no, no, a no. dick. What you is, can have one. Is this another thing in the box? Uh no. Uh Oh, yeah, it is. Fuck. Okay. (laughs) So donuts are in there? It is. Crosstown donuts, yeah. Well, not just Crosstown, but... Specifically... Specifically, Crosstown is my favourite donut on the planet of the Earth. They've got those in LA? um, No, they don't. Oh. I've been coming home more regularly to eat them. Okay. I'm not affiliated with them. I do not work for them. I don't get anything free from them, which is actually very sad. Mm. Um, But... Fair. Anyway, but that's part of our ceremony now when we're in London. Do you have a specific flavour? Uh, vanilla. I'm a deeply basic bitch. Do you... Is that with a custard filling? <laughs> no. 
No. No, it just feels a bit like something's jizzing in my face. I just don't like it. I'm sorry. And why did, and why did you not get that advert? <laughs> they were like, just stick to the script, Jamila. Can you? I just like I don't like anything with a surprise in the middle. You know, <laughs> apart from a Kinder Egg, obviously yeah, I'm yeah. not an animal. And are you dunking the donut in the coffee? No. Oh. No, it's not a digestive biscuit. How many are you having? I have two. Okay. Donuts for me have like a big significance. So when I was younger, I was very, 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 very tall. But I still am tall. I didn't drink since mm. then. But I shot up at like a, a freakishly young age. So, so how... I looked at school like I was everyone's mum. Right. Like from the minute I was two, I already looked like I'd eaten the other babies at kindergarten. <laughs> and so like by the time I was 11, I was five foot ten almost. Wow. So it was really mad. Yeah. I had constant growing pains. And before you get tall, you always get chubby, right? You get really big and then you shrink up and you go between string bean and like and little apple. Right. And that's normal. But I came from a family that was very uh, fat phobic and wanted everyone to be very thin and they just could, sort of couldn't understand that this is the natural process of a growing child. Yeah. So they would be quite restrictive with what I was allowed to eat. But I had one relative who would take me to school sometimes and call it the scenic route. And the scenic route meant we were stopping by Dunkin' Donuts at wow. the petrol station. Wow. So whenever he'd say that, so it was just his way of giving me that sweet treat and understanding that I am a child who's just growing and deserves a bit of fucking fun. But you weren't allowed, like... <laughs> Wasn't allowed treats. sweet treats, no. I was like, I I was sort of like, eh, I was a little bit starved at times, like right. encouraged to eat like diet copper soup as a meal, as okay. a growing child, right. because everyone valued thinness. It was like the heroin chic era. Like it was, a, it was a family who, they were just projecting their own weight issues, I guess, onto me. Right. But I was like 11 and 12. Yeah. And so... It definitely kicked off a lot of like my long-term eating disorder that has finally gone. But thank also, God. the frustrating thing about that as well is that when you're 11, 12, you can eat anything. I know. Do you know what I mean? Because you're just burning through it. I know. And also, I wasn't even burning through it. I was tubby and it was wonderful. Mm. And I was so proud of my tummy and I miss that feeling. But once that programming goes in, then after that, you start choosing to not eat the donut. Right. And you start thinking you're empowering yourself by having the discipline to not eat the cake and the right. donut and yeah. the carbs. And it starts to become a way of life. Yeah. And getting out of my eating disorder and reclaiming that donut and making my own scenic route has been mm. an extraordinary moment of recovery where I'm like, oh, my God, eating all this shit didn't really change my body that much, but it has completely changed the quality of my life. Not that anyone should look to sugar for joy, but I'm just saying that it's representative, those donuts, that I can buy myself and I don't have to hide them in secret and I don't have someone smuggling me as if, like, we're in some sort of a wall. Mm. <laughs> I can just eat what I want and start my day well and have a positive association with food. So, so it's sort of, it's a bit that? it's a bit deep and meaningful, but, like, no, it's... No, no, but how long, so how I had long... a 20-year... Did you? So I had anorexia for 20 years, yeah. Right. And you're constantly keeping it a secret... Yeah. From everyone. So yeah. Every food, food Everything decision. like, yeah, and then like binge and starve and binge and starve and binge and starve. And it was just like so unhealthy. And all I thought about all the time was calories. And all I thought about was myself and my weight and how do I look. And I was such a boring, navel-gazing, self-obsessed person. Because I was trying to please people, I was trying to assimilate. I was trying to be accepted in our 
you know, our industry that put so much pressure on people. And any time I did gain weight, it would make the front cover of like Heat magazine. Mm. And so that was being affirmed to me that that's the correct way to live. And I, I think we've got such a toxic idea of discipline that like discipline has to show on your body. There's so many ways that you can have discipline that might not show up in a six pack. You know what I mean? Or a perfect jawline. There's so many ways in which people are so impressive and amazing. Mm. And it, we consider an aesthetic to be the only way you can prove that. It's like, you're not going to be able to see my discipline in my body, but I know I have it. Mm. And being able to really understand that and let go means that I've reclaimed my life and I think I've become a, a more interesting and more thoughtful and more kinder and caring person because I'm not caught in the self-obsession trap of the addiction to anorexia. How did you break that then? EMDR, therapy, eye movement desensitization reprocessing is what it stands for. And it sort of like helps you break habits. It helps you break thought patterns. It's on right. the NHS. It's just a long waiting list. But it is uh, very good for trauma or bad habits or addiction. And so I use that therapy. And then also just aversion therapy, you know, just trying the food and recognizing that the world doesn't end. And that if you get bigger, the world doesn't stop turning and you can still work and you can still have love and have sex and have fun. And so just tiptoeing into realising that I was lied to, that my worth was defined entirely by a number on a scale. Mm. We were all lied to. There's sort of increasing sort of evidence that men are becoming uh, body dysmorphic. Yeah. Because of Instagram and yeah. six packs and, and bodies. Porn. Yeah. I think and it's partially... The reason I bring that up, because this has clearly been a thing that women have dealt with Yeah, but they've literally run out of real estate on a woman's body to change. <laughs> like, they're doing earlobe plasty yeah. and armpit lifts. Yeah. It's like elbow lifts. It's like they run out of space to change on our bodies. So they've been like, all right, we're just going to have to go after the men now. And I think it started in the gay community and now it's like expanded out to everyone where everyone just feels like they're not good enough because mm. of these fucking filters on Instagram but I think also, and these like Calvin Klein campaigns where he's got like a 25 pack yeah like and it's just bonkers also what chef has that body let's like relax everyone yeah. alright yeah they're eating bites of bloody foie gras all day yeah give it a rest but it's also that thing of like we're confronted with ourselves all the time yeah it's like when you go to the hairdressers and you sort of have a good half an hour with your face yeah, it's I don't horrific go. no even if you're at a gym and you run and there's a mirror and you see what your face looks like when it kind of rolls, it would be difficult to enjoy looking at yourself. You know, I've started a movement about this. What's your movement? About gyms and about exercise, where I'm like, why is exercise so self-conscious? Why do we have to wear fancy, expensive, ridiculous clothes that show off every inch of our bodies? I was like, it's just discouraging people from wanting to go. It's called Move for Your Mind. Yeah. You can find it on my Instagram at Jamila Jamil. But basically, I'm encouraging baggy clothes, not putting pressure on yourself to be an Olympic athlete, no mirrors, low lights and a bit of freedom to have fun moving your body and not making it about perfect form and wearing the perfect outfit. I know people who want to lose weight before they join a gym. Like, yeah. It's such an exclusionary culture and the word exclusive is so embarrassing that it's been made into this good word. It's a terrible fucking word. Yeah, but it's It means really... leaving people out on purpose. But it's also that thing of like, the gyms are so daunting. Yeah. And all the equipment is scary and everyone looks fantastic. And so let's say like, like I often think about my mum where like she wants to lose a bit of weight. She wants to be healthier. Right. She can't go to a gym. Because it's the most terrifying place in the world. So you need a gym for little old ladies 
where they can just go. I'm literally working on it at the moment. Do we're doing my, we're doing exercise events for everyone that oh. like are all inclusive. I'm doing my first one this week in London, and then we're taking them all around the world because I'm sick of this. Do you know why I like watching? What? Um, this is going to come across as creepy. Why are we whispering? Because I don't know if I'm allowed to say how much okay. I enjoy it. You know when you see like water aerobics, yes. aerobics. I saw one the other day. There must have been about thirty grey-haired yeah. women in this pool, and I was there for a good five minutes. They were having the time of their life. They they looked like they that. asked you to stop masturbating. No, I wasn't masturbating. But they looked, I wasn't. There was no masturbating. I was just happy. I was just happy because I I like I love watching people in gyms that don't look like they go there all the time. Like if I see somebody, you're part of the fucking problem. I'm not. I'm you're not. You're there no, no, staring no, 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 no. at them, aren't yeah, you? Because I'm, in, yeah. I'm genuinely excited. <laughs> I know. Like, like as no, in, I, know. It, I feel the same way. I know like, yeah. For the courage it takes to kind of. Yeah, but I'd love to be able to remove the stigma so that it doesn't take courage going forward. But that, that's it's a huge thing. It's a huge undertaking, but I, th- I think I can do it. But everyone wants to run. Everyone wants to kind of. Yeah. F- f- just. But like walking my dogs has honestly changed my entire life. I don't do. I don't go to a gym. I don't yeah. do any exercises. I don't do sit ups. I should do some work because it's yeah, I'm getting old but other than that like I move every day and I feel great yeah. I walked here today from Soho boom exercise done I feel amazing so how comes you've got three donuts today are those just to tide you over yeah or, or are they for I'm friends? doing press and right. sometimes I need to be cheered up okay. um, but it was also just like it's a I sometimes don't have time to grab actual food so I just have a few donuts on the go I'm not going to eat them all today Do you what's interesting <laughs> what's interesting about you you clearly have lots of things on the go and you have really ambitious ideas, and I mean that in a really good way. Do you come up with all of them, or yes. do you? How do you go from having an idea like that, which is a really great idea, to go right? Where do you get that drive from? Is what I'm asking. I mean, it doesn't always start with drive. It starts with an idea, and then I put it on the internet, and then I see if people like it, and if they right. like it, I sort of figure out a way to do it. Mm. And I'm surrounded by lots of really great women who support my vision for better or worse and who are like all right well we'll help you do that and then together we make it happen mm. and it's to varied results no, but no, you no. know like I was able to you know destabilize the diet industry for a really long time when they were trying to get people to sell those laxatives making all those teenagers shit their pants for a certain aesthetic I managed to stop that from happening you know it's obviously always an industry that finds its way back around with these skinny shots that everyone's taking now I managed to ruin the normalisation of celebrities selling diet products because I'm so annoying that they didn't want to have to deal with me so they mm. just stopped doing it mm. and that I'm really proud of because it's really sad to be an annoying person unless you can use it for good and I've been able to channel it into something <laughs> really where, helpful I think but where does that come from? and like that, because it's such the a... amount of assholes that I have saved, as in like literal anuses that I've saved from the burning ring of fire <laughs> that is those laxatives, you can't really put that in a museum. But no, I mean, and, if and I could, what I, I'd love to. Would be... What I'd love to know how many assholes I've saved. What would be lovely is if there's any conceptual artists out there, if yeah. you, if you can come up with the number yeah. of assholes you've saved. And it's in the hundreds that? of thousands, I believe. So it would take. It would be All an right. entire exhibit, I think. So you get. <laughs> Um, it was that we're walking in the uh, yeah. Alan Jones. We'll get Alan Jones yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to voice thank you from every one of those anuses. <laughs> so that it's it would just the, be like, no, I think um, it'd be thank you because it'd be nice and tight. Oh god, and the prolapses that I have prevented. Like a mouth. 
yeah, yeah it does in my mind it's a yeah. bit like the frog chorus yeah, mm. yeah. but yeah I'm happy I'm happy that I've been able to do that and I'm hoping that I'll be able to help people and everything I do comes from love I think that the media like to portray me as a very angry person and I think I've not always been helpful in the way that I've delivered information you know like I come from a background of comedy and I meant things in a very kind of flippant way but I said important things very callously very publicly and I think I fed the media mm. the opportunity to portray me as this like angry screaming holier than thou sort of preachy bugger but you're clearly not you're clearly my heart's in the right place yeah but you're thoughtful and you uh, have purpose and you have lots of different purposes i often think of like remember jamie oliver Jamie Oliver had the audacity to try and make kids healthier yeah. by kind of making school dinners tasty and nutritious. Yeah. And he nearly went out of business. <laughs> yeah. And like parents were putting I've sausage lost... rolls through. But that's what well, I mean. So as I've in... lost millions yeah. in doing this. Mm. But I wouldn't change it. Otherwise, I would have let my 12-year-old self down if I hadn't tried. Yeah. That kid is having to be taken on the scenic route for donuts. Yeah. Like, this is for her. I lost 20 years of my life. I'll never get them back. My health is always going to be a bit fucked because of what I did. Mm. Um, I took all those laxatives. My arsehole was on fire for years. That Alicia Keys song, This Girl Is On Fire, just felt very triggering, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Uh, but, you know, like I've, done, be... I've made all those mistakes. I've only, ever, I've only ever taken laxatives for a couple of colonoscopies I've had, and they are... There's something else. Yeah, we were, I was doing that on the daily. Yeah. Out of choice, voluntarily. There was no camera going up my arsehole, <laughs> no. unfortunately. Um, no, not, but yeah, no, totally. that's a new OnlyFans. Um, Have you? Yeah, it is. I mean, that's, that's clearly I, where we yeah. ended up. <laughs> but, but yeah, anyway, this everything I do is, is for her. And the donuts, I guess, just mean a lot to me because of the fact that it just... It reminds me that I made it out alive. Only 30% of people ever fully recover from anorexia, which is a very small percentage of people, given that it's the highest cause of death in any mental illness. Is it? And I'm very, very lucky to be on the other side. And I thank the people that follow me, the community that I have created. They have helped me more than I have been able to help them, immeasurably. Mm. Like, the support and the community has been really nice. So, oh. yeah. This is fantastic. What's next? I realised how many of mine are about food. Like, That's looking right. at it now, What's I was next? like, Jesus Christ. Okay. Next is a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. I want to take a VHS tape into my wonder box because one of the happiest times of my life uh, was working at a video shop. And I really mourn the loss of video shops. Oh, I worked at one for four years. It was you- VidBiz and then it became Blockbuster. And it was in Hampstead and Belsize Park. I worked at both the branches. And it was the time of my life. It was the greatest job I have ever had. I got to watch movies. I was, God, I was 15, which was way too young to be employed until I was almost 17. Then I got hit by a car. I was out for about a year and a half. And then I went back uh, for another two years. And then I became an English teacher. And then I became a model scout and an English teacher. And then I became an English teacher and a T4 presenter. And then I did the rest of this career that you now know me for. So what was it about that VHS thought? Oh, my God. It was the best of times. Movies were amazing back then. Mm. People really cared about making great movies in the late 90s and early noughties. And I got to watch them all day. I was paid to just sit there and watch great movies all day. I was allowed to rent five a day, uh, which is just 
too many. And all the, it was such a sociable environment where you're not necessarily socialising with people, but you're watching people socialise with each other. Like Friday night was so fun because you watched single people come in mm. and they were clearly on the hunt. Yeah. They were on the perv. They were looking for someone. They're looking at some fit girl who's looking at a certain type of movie and they come over and they start talking to her about that movie and then they start chatting and you're watching people fall in love right in front of you. Wow. And it's just like the opposite of the fucking apps yeah. and this like, again, this like separated society. It was just like people coming in and you get to know everyone and like Jamie Oliver was one of our customers um, and he'd be like, bring it back and he would forget to rewind it. and be like, don't tell Jules. Like, it was so cute. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like and Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant and like it was like, in Hampstead so I had like, all these like massive celebrities coming in you get to see such a human side of them where they're like coming in they're like, playing their late fee they're some action star like couldn't ha- you get a two for one deal where you get Hagen Dars and he's like oh no no I can't have that I'm training for this movie right. it's just like it was just so it, aside from the celebrities it was just like such a sweet sweet place to work where like we got to talk about movies together and it just was a wonderful atmosphere and I fucking love taking stock I just love taking stock and I love rewinding films <laughs> and I love doing these these little tasks I love movies in a mm. way that like I can't believe I'm in them now yeah because they were just my escape. They were my whole life. And it feels like someone like I was in a movie with I was in a TV show with Mark Ruffalo recently. Tahani name drop and I used to watch him on the telly and like people like that and like Lisa Kudrow I was in Mm. a thing with her Mm. and it's like Lisa Kudrow reached through that screen in the TV in the video shop and pulled me inside Mm. and now I feel like I've just like snapped and opened my eyes and now I'm on the TV set or I'm on the film set and it feels absolutely ridiculous but I will always look at those times I really hate it when I when I see actors like shit on the jobs that they had before they were in Hollywood. Right. Because, like, some of those were the most innocent and amazing times of our lives. Oh, yeah. And um, I got fired (laughs) from that job, and that was very, very sad, but totally deserved. Why were you fired? (sighs) Our boss went away for two weeks, and I was left in charge because I'd been working there a few years at this point, so I knew what I was doing. And we'd just gotten in Hagendars, and Hagendars are so expensive. Right. right. It's about how much I earn in an hour for one tub of Hagen Dars. So right. I never used to have the Hagen Dars. And so sometimes the rich, posh people would not want the Hagen Dars because they didn't want the temptation of having it in their fridge. Right. So they let me have it with their deal. And once I tasted my first pralines and cream, something set off in me. Right. Where I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> what is this luxury? angel serum that I am eating and I was like so then it happened again and someone else gave me their Hagendars and then that was it I just lost my fucking mind and I slowly over the two weeks ate every single tub of Hagendars in our giant Hagendars fridge it was about 50 tubs so yeah. how I didn't develop immediate diabetes and go blind yeah. I have no idea but that's the power of being 19 yeah. and so I was like what the fuck what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. I'm in so much trouble. That's like, was like 500 quid worth of Hagen Like yeah. That's more money than I'm, like, I'd ever seen. What, right? The, the so I was like, you must have been shit, having. oh my God. I mean, like, I hadn't slept in two weeks. Like I was completely constipated. It was yeah. a nightmare. So I, so I was like, shit, what am I going to do? So I was like, you know what? Nothing works in this shithole. I'm just going to say the freezer broke and they all melted and I had to throw them away. God, that's not bad. Genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genius. 
Total genius. Should have fact- should have been employed by MI5. You're probably coming up with that scheme as you're eating ice cream. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. Oh, no, because I was sort of I was halfway through the ice creams when I came up with it because yeah. I'm like, well, I've I've gone too far. So yeah. now it's like Homeland. The only yeah. way out is back in. Like you just got to like you just yeah. got to commit. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna eat them all. Mm. I'm gonna say the freezer broke. Totally feasible. Unplug the freezer. Say it was making a really weird noise. That's a good um, plan. Yeah, and then. It turned out that the the camera behind us oh, that we thought for years <laughs> oh. wasn't working oh, God. was in fact working oh, God. and that they'd been watching us oh. forever. And I was asked to sit down and watch a fast forward of me walking <laughs> back and hell. forth for two weeks. <laughs> To the fridge. That's like something from the Tate. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh. Of like, so bloody hell. Were the Tate used, is in the Tate Gallery. You know when they do those sort of fast forward of like the flowers slowly dying. Oh I mean, like, yeah. Like that. Do you know I'm banned from the Hayward Gallery? No. Why? For life. Why? Because I did something so fucked up. God, this must have been 15 years ago. They had this giant box, this big dark box. Do you remember this? No. And you could walk into it and it was like immersing yourself in true darkness. Yeah. And so you walk in and then you're in darkness and it kind of elevates all your other senses because you're in like pitch black. Mm. And I got in there and I was like, this is shit. This is fucking shit. It's like, there's yeah. nothing happening in here. We're just in the dark bumping into each other. So I thought it'd be funny to get down on the ground right in the corner against the wall and they just grab people's ankles. Oh wow! Because I was like, that'll be an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll remember that. Mm-hmm. Like now you're now you're alive. Yeah, now yeah. you're feeling <laughs> something. Yeah, this yeah. is art. Yeah. And eventually they found me because there was so much screaming in there. Obviously, <laughs> uh, you're kicked out. And I was banned. So, and this is this. Yeah, is, I've been back since. So you were just like you just, just grabbing people's and ankles. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm insane. Yeah, but that's I like that. But that Thanks. is fucking bananas. I just thought were you it on was... your own yes wow <laughs> so you were like this is so bad but I have a way of improving it I just feel a duty to you know elevate other people's lives is one way of looking at well, it another way people... is that's a form of emotional terrorism but some people would have enjoyed that I don't think anyone enjoyed it because it's terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it you're completely immersed in darkness, and then you're being grabbed at the ankles like that. Is you would shit your pants. What if I'd done that but to an old lady and know... she'd had a heart attack? Like it was totally insane. But the point is, you don't know that going in that that isn't the point of the exhibit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you could have passed yourself off. Oh, that's part of it. Yeah. Oh, this is nothing. This is nothing. Ha! Okay, it's about that. I didn't know people actually get physically thrown out on their ass until that day. What bastard. Not bastard, but interesting. I mean, I meant so, it in a nice way. I was like, I'm going to give you an experience to remember. So were you, but going back to the video shop, you must, so were you gutted when you lost that yeah. job? Gutted. Uh, like, so when you, you think back to, is it the innocence of it? It's such oh, a nostalgia. Oh, no, I just like, I do, it's a nostalgia. It reminds me of when movies were great. It's when it, you had to go it, to find a movie. Like, it was that thing of like, yeah. right, come on, kids. Yeah, you didn't have the choice. Yeah. You didn't sit there like, I spend fucking two scrolling, hours yeah. of my time to watch TV scrolling, thinking mm. there's too much fucking choice and there's no, like, event. Yeah. There's no event where everyone's like, oh, have you seen that movie? That's very rare now to see that, like, to get that. And, like, you get it occasionally. But mostly it's like, it was just like, it was so important. And it was such an exciting part of everyone's weekend. And it was sort of the great equaliser. We've got Judy Dench coming in and, like, you, or you've got, like, family of four and like, everyone's arguing over the f- film. But it just felt like everyone loves these movies. Everyone's interested in these movies. They're so opinionated. And then also just watching people fall in love yeah. right in front of me. 
There's something quite cool about seeing Judy Dench come in as well because you're like going, yeah, like the idea yeah, of exactly. Judy Dench watching like yeah. action films. Oh my god, and I uh, I can't John, believe I did John Wick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she three. was so nice. And Glenn Close weekend. was so nice. Like they were all like all the legends are so nice. Steven yeah. Spielberg so nice and. Crazily, we had the porn section. Well, this is it. It's the intro. It used to be that old thing where it was in a slightly different. Yeah, but not at our store. Oh, really? It was up front, right by the till. Right. So, like, you would just have to watch people use almost their sort of peripheral vision <laughs> yeah. to be able to assess what's on there. It was like people learning how to just really carefully, like, especially if their like wives or kids were there, they're just sort of like grabbing a quick glance at like Indiana Jones, Temple of Poon, yep. Shaving Ryan's Private, yep. One Night in Paris, but. I thought it would be funny, and there's a theme here to what a prick I am. So were you putting in... I booby-trapped the porn section yeah, so yeah, that if yeah. you so much as... If you breathe too hard, all of the videos would come down. <laughs> I see. Which, and, that might... and then everyone looks at you and it looks like you've just like fucking furiously like yeah. gone after the porn section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was just fucking hilarious, and thankfully so did my boss. Did anyone ever buy or rent the porn yeah. stuff? Yeah, it was awkward. It was uncomfortable for everyone. Yeah. And it shouldn't be because it's like we shouldn't stigmatise that. But it's it's so interesting that, that porn, it used to be uh, like a... Like imagine that. Imagine if every wank now had to have a moment where you had to go up to a stranger yeah, and go, this you... is what I'd like to watch. Here's my money. Yeah. I'm off to masturbate. But also, yeah, and when you bring it back, having to say, like, did you rewind it? Like, yeah. it's just so, <laughs> it's such a strange interaction, but I miss it. But something about rewinding, like, a porn video, like, it's a real, like, that moment when you when you kind of come, it's kind of, like, humiliating. Oh, still this, still this. Yeah. And then... Yeah. <laughs> you're just watching it takes ages yeah um but yeah it was it was just funny and like we were a very unjudgmental it's quite wholesome watching a porn backwards yeah because do you know what i mean that you kind of you see the house slowly go back to place when the dishwasher was broken yeah what's what's next <laughs> Uh, okay, so we've done steak, we've done crosstown donuts, we've done VHS tape, we've done coffees. The last one is cart door. Cart door. Now, which is it's ice. not because the ice cream's so good, because it's actually not very nice, okay. but it's, sorry, cart door. But it reminds me of a time, you said like triggers and tastes and smells. Yeah. So when I was 17, I, well, just before I was 17, I got hit by a car into another car because I was jaywalking. And so it was completely my fault. Wow. Um, and I ended up being in bed for about a year and then on a Zimmer frame for like six months. So basically in bed for a year and a half because I lived on the second floor and getting up and down on a Zimmer frame is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, so I was in the house for a really long time. I was on a, a drip of morphine for months and wow. loads of steroids. And So presumably you were very close to dying. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm um, I'm bendy, so I'm very very bendy. I've, I'm hypermobile, so I bent yeah. when someone else would have break because I like went flew up in the air and landed on my head and oh. should have broken my neck if I didn't. And so it's a miracle I survived, but I was really badly damaged and I had to have a lot of work done to my back. But I loved it. I hated the actual accident. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But I was on morphine. Yeah, it's, it's and it was unbelievable. It's, it's proper, like I don't it? want to promote drugs, yeah, no. but it's like being kissed inside of your veins by angels, by mm. little ice cold angels, mm. and then 
it's just such happiness. Mm. It's such bliss. And then the video shop that I've been working in gave me free videos. So they give my brother free videos for me all the time. So I just watch films and TV and comedy. And I feel like I learned comedy from doing that. I think I subconsciously learned how to be an actor mm. from watching 24 hours of television a day. And like to watch NBC comedies and then be in an NBC comedy made me actually cry when I was yeah. wrapping up the last episode of The Good Place with Ted Danson, knowing how many Ted Danson comedies I'd watched in my most vulnerable moment. Uh, it was very emotional for me. But that that time, not only was it so fun because everyone was just bringing you gifts and <laughs> like, you know, I was pretty lonely, but but like when people do come to like visit, they like pop you a big tub of like cart door ice cream or like Vianetta or KFC bucket and it was just loads of I mean obviously I gained a hundred pounds because mm. I'd gone from being anorexic to now lying down and eating that and that was fine but I was just wasted and watching TV and I was I love being alone so I was just chilling but also what it did is it gifted me this perspective for the rest of my life where Nothing is able to matter that much to me. Because when you lose the ability to walk, to piss on your own, to shit on your own, these are private things. Mm. Nothing really matters. And it has been a gift to be in an industry and to be in a position of fame where you're made to feel like everything matters so much mm. to know that, like, oh, that's bollocks. Mm. That's bollocks because I pissed on my own today. So everything's fine. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm being nationally shamed. Yeah, yeah. I fucking pissed on my own. And not <laughs> everyone has the luxury to do that. And I'm really fucking lucky that I could. What does that feel like, that first wipe from someone else? I was able to wipe. Okay. But I wasn't able to sit myself down and it was my brother who was looking after me. And wow. like obviously brothers don't want to know that you have like you're no. just you're a eunuch. You're supposed to be a breastless eunuch for a big brother. Mm. And so he was putting me down, but just like, oh, God. Like, just like he made as much of a fucking... <laughs> which like, is great. Like, yeah, which is great. It was yeah, great. That's what, because it was as unpleasant as I felt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be like, this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, so Why he was like, we were hair? both just uh, like, we were both like, I was like, I'm so sorry. And he was just, <laughs> like, he was just like, you owe me, you owe me. And it was great because it made the situation funny and not stigmatised. And mm. he's just the fucking best and I owe him for the rest of my life for looking That's, after me during that time if there's ever a highlights reel of your life mm -hmm. that has to be oh, a yeah. family guy style cutaway when you go yeah I was um, I was hit by a car so what was I like oh you know there was there was there was highs and it's you watching the video yeah, yeah. but there were real lows and, and me and my brother really, screaming it's a really yeah. quick sketch <laughs> <laughs> just you of you going ah, and, going, ah <laughs> and then we come back to you and it's just like <laughs> yeah it was insane it was insane and and it was, it is really like... What I, did you I, eat? I, what the fuck did I you eat? I got into quite a lot of trouble when I said in, like, in a, an interview with The Observer when I was like 22 or something. They were like, you know, if you were president for the day, what would you do? And I was like... I would f mandate that every 17-year-old should be run over by a car. Right. Obviously, that went wrong, and I yeah. didn't really give enough context. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but what I meant was, it is a remarkable lesson that you get so young about how short life is. Yeah. And even with that, I still have to be reminded every so often, but like how short life is, how lucky we are for the basics. Mm. And it massively impacted my eating disorder as well because I was like, oh my God, this body has fixed itself. Like, yeah. it, I, I can't believe I treated this body like such shit 
I still unfortunately carried on with disordered eating for a while, but I never quite did what I'd done in my teens ever again. Yeah. Where I was truly killing myself. I never did that ever again. Like I learned real reverence for my life yeah. and for life itself. And I've got such a strong sense of like balance and perspective because of that. And I think probably part of my madness and my outspokenness and like the risks that I take that have, you know, cost my publicists their health and cost me loads of money are partially because I'm just like, well, just say it because fuck it. Because how long am I going to be alive? Like I want to do something while I can. But it's led to what I can see as a bit of a recklessness. But it's also because I'm just like, we don't know how much time we've got left. And like, okay, so I'm going to get shouted at. Or people aren't going to like me. Or they're going to think I'm annoying. But who cares? Because mm. I can piss alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple philosophy. Yeah, but... But, but it works. Yeah, but the, see, I guess you've answered the earlier question. Yeah. So I was like, where does this sort of drive come from? Yeah. But it's sort Oh, God, of... you're a good podcaster. No, Fuck no, no. me. That was no, beautiful. But... That was beautifully brought back. But it's interviewer a... to interviewer. But it is fascinating because you I've do... I've got a semi. I go do. on. Yeah, that is was just there... really good. That was really good. Wait, Sorry, go on. But is there... A, there isn't the language for, like, a female semi. No, I think... I can't imagine... Because it's like... I believe it's a wide on. No, I know, but that's but, horrific. But no one's, that but no one's saying that. truly no, horrific. I know. Yeah. But, but so, you know, sometimes you might hear that, but I've never heard... But that's that's a full erection. Yeah. So you're like I've got a semi. You yeah. mean you don't have a semi? But like, as in there isn't a, like you can no, say. No, exactly. I've yeah, got yeah. half on. No, a t- a ting- no. A tingle. Yeah, but that's. But not that's quite not enough. really quite what it is. No. It's not graphic. No, it's like a semi perfectly just describes mm. excitement. Mm. Like of just I like, like it's phrase, an amazing term. It's not hard. It's heavy. <laughs> I like that as well. <laughs> But like, as in, do you know what I mean? It kind of, it evokes something. Anyway, sorry, anyway. you were making yeah, a yeah, lovely yeah. point so, and yeah. I like started talking about but, erections. But the point is, I don't know you particularly well, but it's admirable what you're saying, that you've, you do seem to be in the firing line a lot and yeah. you seem perfectly at home at being in the firing line. Yeah, a lot of people are It's not easy. No, fuck no, of course not. Because it it's a lot bad. But it's a lot easier to be... <laughs> But particularly where you are, like you've worked with like big corporations, presumably it's that if you're working yeah. for NBC, it would be a lot easier to keep your mouth shut. Yeah, and much save, easier. And and I'd have loads lines. more money and I'd have yeah. like better night's sleep. But, but fuck it, you know, really right. just fuck it. I'm doing my best to be better at the way I communicate because I yeah. think I could work on that. But other than that, like I, I don't have many regrets about how I've chosen to live my life. And I have been very, very present throughout it and I thank a lot of the bad things that happened to me for that Mm. and I thank a lot of the simple joys in my life for keeping me sane was there a moment when you had that car crash did you think you were going to die yeah is that as terrifying as you imagine or do you know there have been a few times in my life that I've been near very very near death I got like crazy meningitis when I was 15 when everyone was getting meningitis and I they like brought my family in to say goodbye to me because they were so sure I was going to die I don't have a fear of death so it didn't feel bad I've never had a fear of death wow yeah I, I just don't I don't have a fear of death it just feels very natural to me and I I just while I'm here I'd like to make the most of it but mm. I also feel like especially now like god I've done everything I've done everything anyone could possibly do. I've eaten every fucking donut there is. I've had every cuddle. I've had every good shag. I've had every great laugh. I've met most of my heroes. I've done something a bit meaningful with my life in that I've helped 
some people with eating disorders like I just I feel like I've ticked all the boxes if I if I for every other day that I get to live I'm so fucking grateful but I've I've always been sort of like you know ready for the next adventure and I don't think imagine if I die right after this interview (laughs) I know but I also I don't I mean fuck me we'd have three donuts for a kicker yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) imagine that she's dead Uh, she'd be alright You said steak very quickly and we didn't get round to it. What do you mean? Did I not say steak? I don't think we did steak. Oh, shit. So if we could... Shall I do it really quickly? Really quickly. What, why is steak? Steak is just a stupid fucking story where it reminds me of just the fact that my priorities have never changed. However, however successful I become, I'm still just the same old cunt from when I was a teenager. So it was a story that I thought I would enjoy telling you, which is basically that I went to this big Hollywood party. It was at the beginning of my time in Hollywood. It was like, God, nine years ago, maybe. I was taken with like the Apatows, Judd Apatow and his wife, Leslie Mann. She's fantastic. And they didn't know me very well, but they were like, we're going to this UTA party. You've just joined UTA. Why don't you come with us? So I went with them. Everyone thought I was their precocious cleaner because no one knew (laughs) why I was there or who, like why I was talking at all. So I was like, all right, I'm going to fuck off. So I wandered off on my own and I... I found the buffet and the buffet was unfucking believable I don't know why in a town where no one eats they have such great food but it's unbelievable mm. and the food was there and it was like these steaks these like wagyu steaks mm. and no one's eating them so like everyone's in a queue like maybe getting a little bit of salad to have with their cocaine and I'm just there and I'm looking at these fucking juicy steaks and I've got no money at the time so I'm like fuck it I'm just going to get loads of them and yep. take them home and Absolutely. pop them in the freezer yep, yep, yep. so I I pile 10 mm. of these these amazing massive fucking steaks on, on a plate what's known in the game is and, Daniel yeah. Howard yeah. and I've got like yeah and I've got like Gwyneth Paltrow in front of me and she just turns around and I just looked at her and I was like what? I'm doing the Atkins diet <laughs> and then she was like cool. and she, she turns around because she loves all that mm. and so I then take a big cloth napkin and I uh, wander out to the garden and I flip the plate over into my like fist of napkin so, and then I bundle it all up and it's like bleeding steak because mm-hmm. it's like fancy steak mm-hmm. so now I realise that I'm just holding like a big ball of what looks like a bloody like <laughs> animal Mm-mm-mm. or whatever yeah. and so I'm like fuck I look mental mm. so I shove it between my legs because I'm wearing a little dress wow. and I'm like this is the only way I've got no bag Jesus Christ. so I've got to yeah. get out of here okay. so I'm now waddling out of this Hollywood party this is in the head of ETA's house by the way like it's a fucking extraordinary mansion yeah. High, 10 out of 10 would recommend yeah. um, I'm so I'm like, a lot of steps and I'm and squeezing got... out of there so it's fucking I've got a long distance to go and I'm waddling. in 6 inch heels and I'm waddling in my mini dress Jesus. and now I can feel the blood from the steak trickling down <laughs> my inner thigh down my leg and I'm like oh my god it looks like I'm having a fucking miscarriage at the like Hollywood party so I'm trying to speed up speed up speed up my eyes just on the door on the door on the door I'm already five foot ten in these heels I must be six foot four (laughs) and I just don't see that Al Pacino's in front of me because he's five foot six on a good day (laughs) and I take him down Oh, I just knock him over. Oh, really? I knock over Al Pacino and then the steaks like, come oh flying. <laughs> yeah, out of my, like, fanny, basically. <laughs> like, across the floor. So it looks like my miscarriage has just, like, shot across the floor. Yeah, yeah. And I and it's got a trail of blood that it's left, like a skid mark of blood. So I leave Al Pacino to everyone else yeah. and, and I run to get the steaks. <laughs> And then I, I like, not bundle it under my arm. <laughs> you huh? fucking maniac. What? Most people would have left, but you've, you're trying to retrieve... Do you retrieve... know what? I've fucking been 
it yeah, through no, for those stakes. Yep. Are you crazy? Okay, like, so I like grab the stakes under my I'm arm like, a, like a footballer. Yeah, 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 like a footballer. And I just like bolt out the door and like text Judd Apatow and like or Leslie Mann or whatever. And I was like, hey, I had to leave. Um, uh, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what I said. I think I texted. I texted someone that I'd left and said... Hey, I had to leave. Um, I, I saw there was some sort of kerfuffle before I left. I was like, I hope they find that guy that knocked over Al Pacino. And then I just <laughs> like leveled it out of there. And then I bumped into Matt Bellamy off of Muse, yes. who I used to know from when I used to interview him at the Enemy right. Awards. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, what are you doing here? And I was like, Hey, man. And I'm quite out of breath. I'm very, very stressed. I'm covered in blood. And I'm like, um, <laughs> and He's like, What's going on? He was like, I go to this like party in a hotel room with with Leonardo DiCaprio and. Rihanna and he's like do you want to come and like, of course I want to fucking come but I yeah. was like you know what mate I just like I've actually been been through quite a lot to get these steaks and I give him no other context and he's looking at this like bloody <laughs> bulge in my hand and I was like I've just got to go home I've just got to go home I've got to get these <laughs> whack these in the freezer and I've got to go and I left and I didn't go to what was probably going to be the coolest party of my life yeah. because I wanted to get home these steaks and I put nine of them in the freezer and I had one and it was the best steak of my life oh. Oh. But also now, all the films that Al Pacino has been in are now inextricably linked to Snake. It's unbelievable, that. Yeah, I can and ruin anything. Just the idea that you are watching Scarface and you turn to somebody and go, I I've seen him covered in more blood than yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I scarred his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He was fine, he was fine. Yeah. Everyone just thought he was a drunk old man. But it's just the idea that... that that you're leaving a party covered in blood, Al Pacino's leaving a party covered in blood. <laughs> that is a great story. Well, I'm and glad you reminded again. me. I told it as fast as I could. Uh, I loved it. But it was, it was a really that. mad time. But it's, it, you know what? After it all, I realised that I'm an introvert and I probably wouldn't have enjoyed that party very much. I wouldn't have known how to speak to anyone. And actually, celebrities are mental and yeah. boring a lot of the time. How old were so you? Was, I'm glad that I went home and I had that amazing steak peacefully at home, covered in what? blood. I, I went to... I was 30. Okay, fine. So DiCaprio would have been interested. No, <laughs> no, no. I was five years yeah, yeah, past exactly. my... Uh, so yeah, past my sell-by date. What the yeah. fuck's this bleeding grandma yeah. doing here? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, anyway, I don't expect anyone to ever want to talk to me at a celebrity party, but I do recommend going home and eating a, a free Wagyu steak. Brilliant. That was so amazing. Thanks, man. Best of luck with the you. flat. And, um, yeah, I hope that you enjoy London. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Jamila Jamil. Jamila Jamil. Jamila is the founder of iWay, a community that breaks down stereotypes and wants to make real change in the world. They've already helped change Facebook's policy on showing diet pill adverts to children. To get involved, go to iwaycommunity.com. That's I-W-E-I-G-H community.com. See ya. 